I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the uniformed forces of the United States. So grab your squad. And let's get civical. gosh we really do you know you know we worry and we really wish you would call more okay you know because i know that i know that you're busy and you're living and you're living your really cool life up there okay but just know that your parents love you okay they love you we love you (laughs) so much we want Uh, you to be well and informed 
Yes, guys, hello, it is us, your parents. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. I'm a great stepmom. I'd be a great stepmom. I have such strong stepmother energy. Yes, Put a do. Bloody Mary in my hand. It's over. <laughs> it's over. But, like, if you put a Bloody Mary in my hand, you will automatically assume that I am a stepmother to a teenager who doesn't like me. It just really, <laughs> it really blends all together. I know my type. I know yes. my type. You would cast yeah. yourself well in things. I like to, I, I akin myself to Meredith Blake, the protagonist of The Parent Trap. The Lindsay Lohan one? Yeah. Okay. Meredith Blake, the blonde one who gets put out to sea on a um, air mattress. No. <laughs> the protagonist of the movie. I know the Haley Mills version much better. Okay. Than. Okay. The Lindsay Lohan version. Okay. I'm, not I'm sorry. sorry. Did they have the banana nana? The like handshake. This no, also might be dance. now the second time I've done banana on this show. The Haley Mills version. There's a. There's no. There's no handshake. There's no handshake, and, and there's shows. no jiving. There's no there's, jiving. There's plenty of dancing and singing. Okay, well, it's Haley Mills. Yeah, but like, it's not Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Shut up. It's not Dennis Quaid. <laughs> I love Dennis Quaid. Where is De- Dennis? He's doing all of the long the dog movies. He's do he has been pigeonholed into dog films. Into do- <laughs> He's doing all the dog movies, and I watch them with my little goddaughter who's nine. It's just straight up sadomasochism on our part. Sure, because we've seen them all, and they all the dogs always die. The dogs always they die. Always it's die. like the Titanic. You know they're going yep. down. Yep. But you continue to watch it, and she's nine, I'm a Shemnaha, and we just sit there and cry, weep, weep and mourn. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I see a trailer and it's a dog running through a field, like with the sunrise, I'm like, that dog will not survive. (laughs) No. No, that dog has a death sentence. And then the second one that just went like went to iTunes, they do this thing where it's like every time the dog dies, it runs through the field, and then it gets to the end, and it's the new dog, and you're like. Oh my, my god. god, life is so precious. <laughs> it's just hug your family, hug, hug your, your family. I mean, I'm not we, tears, but guys, this is weirdly not a podcast about <clears throat> Dennis Quaid or uh dog films where the dogs die. No. This is Let's Get Civical, and today we are going to be talking about the we're not calling it armed forces, we're gonna call it the collective forces, and we're gonna tell you about it. We're gonna tell you why. We're going to tell you why we're going to tell call you that. Yeah. So buckle up. We just want to say up here at the top that we are talking about our military armed forces and veterans and that we are so grateful for what they do and what they've done. There's a lot of fun things about how these things function. So we're going to poke fun at that. But we just want to let everybody know that we deeply appreciate yeah. what our men, women and non-binary veterans and military personnel do every day every day lizzie and i both have friends and family Mm -hmm. who are have been or are currently Currently. serving so when we make fun of stuff we're not making fun of them we're Mm -mm. making fun at the hilarity of this complex situation it's so complex it's so complex there's a lot i just it's it's, it's called military complex (laughs) (laughs) we have a military complex oh my god arden that was the funniest thing you've ever said (laughs) And we're off. And we're off to the races. <laughs> yeah, this yep. is what I find so fun about this is just it's so it's to me I'm like this is so complicated when it doesn't really need to be. Like we really could have streamlined this a little bit. Cuz there's so many things. There's like the branches that you that people serve in yep. and the different 
things. And then there's like the areas around the world, which oh, are yeah. called like command centers. Yeah. So there's like different groups. It's a lot to keep track of in it's your head. It's a lot to keep track of because there's like several different like groups of what we consider like what we like naturally think are the armed forces. And right. then within that, they have their own individual structure, right. which we love individuality yeah. on this podcast, obviously. 100%. But it does make it difficult to track like, okay, what is this rank in the Navy versus this rank in the Coast Guard? Right. Like who's ranked higher? Like if I'm in a crisis and I have this person from the Navy <laughs> and this person from the Coast Guard telling me two different things, right. who, who do I... I- believe who do i take the life believe but yeah who who yeah yeah so that's the kind of stuff we're gonna get into today it's gonna be so great everybody just buckle buckle up up. and i'll just say that 99 percent of this information is literally coming from the department of defense and the various websites for these organizations i kind of like the defense website it's a little it feels more modern well, because they're trying to entice people to join them. So right. if you go they're to putting the, the funding into the marketing, yeah, they, got they really pace, did. They were like, <laughs> we need smart, capable people. Like yeah. there's like the first time I went to the Department of Defense website that like is the website where you if you're interested in serving, you might find it. Right. One of the like tabby things is things we do to have fun. And I was like, hey, God bless. <laughs> so let's talk about the different types of collective forces because there's military forces mm-hmm. and there are armed forces. And those are different from the uniformed forces. Oh, good. Right. We're off to a swimming start. So, yes. It's a I'm, breaststroke along I'm the way. Drowning in terms. Mm-hmm. Lay it on me. What's Here's a life the raft. difference between the three? Okay, so military forces are under the Department of Defense. They are the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marines. J'adore. Right. Three of the military service departments <laughs> have their own, like their own department under the Department of Defense. Good. So there's the Department of the Army, the Department of the Navy, and the Department of the Air Force. The Marine Corps falls under the Department of the Navy. That, yes, that I that I did know. Because, like, when you're in Navy school, which I know is not called Navy school, but right now I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. But when you're in Navy school, at one point you can choose if you want to go into the Marines or not. That's, like, part oh. of Yeah, like, that, that's something. Because you, like... If I remember this correctly, because I, I did date somebody who was at Navy school at one point, he broke Ooh. my heart. Um, we're not oh. gonna, we're not gonna name him, but, okay. but like you, you end up at some point kind of choosing a track or like a specialty. So it's like you can do submarines, you can do oh something maybe that has to do with a helicopter. You can do the Marines, and there's one other thing that I can't remember. Yeah. maybe it's like battleships are flying or whatever oh no that's the flying one anyways but like you like choose a specialty that you right. want to go into oh, you have so to like cool. do all of them at navy school which again i really have to find a different way to call it because navy school sounds silly but is it naval academy that's exactly what it is <laughs> <laughs> which just also sounds dumb because no. naval but whatever right but that's like that's when you like go to what is quote unquote a college for right. the navy for- but you can also just show up and enlist but that's a different thing but oh. at Navy school, you get to. Do you wonder if you get treated the same? Like I have all of these questions. Oh, I doubt I'm it. So dumb in this. I doubt area. it. Like, do you get treated the same? Well, when if you, you like go to a recruiter, like, or it, my cousin goes to a high school that's like I think it's like ROTC a Navy prep. Oh, sure. School. Yeah. Well, I know with the Naval Academy, when you graduate, you automatically graduate as whatever's higher than like an officer or something like. Like you, oh. like you graduate as an officer, but if you enlist, you're just like a 
like a ensign pe- or the first oh, thing. Oh, oh, oh. So like going to the Naval Academy like jumps you up. We're going to talk about the ranks in a bit, so nobody panic, but it jumps you up. Oh. And you graduate as a higher rank. And so you might be the same age as somebody, but Dope. if you go to the Naval Academy, you because you're like yeah, training and studying to be it, I guess. See, if I had known at like 18 or 19 that I could like take a submarine track, sure. That might have been a thing in my life. I genuinely would rather drowned and be in a submarine maybe that's true I, that would, would, I think I would rather learn how to fly uh sure I could probably I think flying would be better for me I'm just not I don't think I would excel in a submarine environment I don't have submarine energy no I listen I do not have basic training energy no. like that would have murdered me for sure yeah 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 so the military forces army navy air force marines they're all in there under the department of defense the coast guard is under the Department of Homeland Security mm. during peace peacetime. Mm-hmm. And under the Navy, so the Navy slash the Department of Defense during wartime. My question is, have they just been under the Navy the whole time I don't think since so. we've been at war? Because I feel like we're not actively using the Coast Guard with Iraq and Afghanistan. I might be wrong, oh. but because if you remember, I'm pretty sure they're under Homeland Security because when Trump shut down the government, the right. Coast Guard wasn't getting paid. Oh, like they they missed yeah. like three paychecks. I know because I have somebody very yeah. close to me and who was in, in the Coast Guard during right. that time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. they didn't get paid for several weeks because of it. Yeah. So that's I I imagine that's it's not under the Navy right now because the Navy got paid and the Coast Guard was the only like section of that the didn't get paid forces that didn't get paid. Which made the whole thing like more crazy because it's it so stupid. Yeah. Well, it's like your Coast Guard's not getting paid. These right. are People, people uh, who are in who are military forces people right we simply have to pay you have them. to pay them it is they, they are working yeah. just like how like tsa agents weren't getting paid because the department of homeland security wasn't being funded so, so stupid yeah i bet it also has to do with declared war and undeclared war we well, haven't been sure. in a declared war in a very i declare time. war i declare i do declare <laughs> that we are at a that we are at a war so that's Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. There are five armed forces, which are <laughs> the four military forces and the Coast Guard. So when you... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Oh, so it's the four listed under military forces plus the Coast Guard. So the it's ar- Army, yes. Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, armed forces. Yes. So you have the four military forces. And then when you add in the Coast Guard, then you've got the armed forces. See, this is where I just wish I'm like, why don't we just put the Coast Guard with the with the military forces? Just bump it up. I don't... I mean, and call I don't it all know. armed forces. I've, I don't know either. Somebody call me. Then there are the uniformed forces. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. So we're at five, five forces right now. Yep. The uniformed forces are, there are seven of them. I want to throw up. <laughs> There's so, this is, this is what I'm talking about. I'm just, I, my head is spinning. Yeah. And I, I just, guys, we really could have, we could have trimmed the fat here. We could have trimmed the fat. I and this Put it one, all in one department. This one all, this part of it is super interesting to me because in a way it makes sense. And in other ways, I'm like, why did we do this? Sure. So there are the uniform forces, of which there are seven. There are five armed forces, the ones we've talked about so far. And then you add in the Public Health Service Commissioned Corps. Huh. Had never heard of it. I don't even know what that does. Uh, Which falls under the Department of Health and Human Services. That's logical. Sure. Yes, that makes, that uh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Officer Corps, hey. more commonly known as NOAA. And that falls under 
the commerce department. No, which does not make sense. The to me. commerce department. I don't like get commerce. It. Commerce. Like commerce. Like, like buy and sell. Exchange of goods. Yes. I don't get that. This is why our oceans are dying. Because they're under the Commerce Department. The, that's not a fun place to be for the National o- Oceanic and Atmospheric. Admi- it's like, no wonder the Earth is on fire. Right. We're treating it like it's a good to be commerce. Yes, to be exchanged. Yeah. Exactly. I am just overwhelmed. I know. I'm overwhelmed. Okay, so okay. those we add those two. So you add those two in, and uh-huh. those are the uniformed forces. J'adore. Okay, so the officers in, we're just going to call it PHS for short because I can't. Yeah. <laughs> officers in the PHS Corps and in NOAA wear Navy uniforms and use Navy ranks. Okay. But there are no enlisted or warrant personnel in those services. Huh. Yeah. And warrant personnel, we're going to do like terms and definitions yeah, in yeah, a yeah. hot sec. But warrant personnel are like they're higher level officers, right? So there are there's no like general of NOAA, right? They're just they're a part of the Navy, yeah, and Navy ranks. That feels confusing. It feels confusing. if I'm a part of NOAA, I feel like what they're doing. How do you? It's different from the Navy, but yet like I have to report to the Navy. Yes, they also. I think because it's more of like a research-based oh sure agency that like sure. yes they report to this different to the different branches but I feel like it's probably like there's you know El Nino is going to be really strong in ah, 2024 sure, sure, so sure, we sure, should sure. like really think about expanding yeah our blah, move blah, the blah, boats blah, 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 move right. the boats yeah I feel like that's more like what they do <laughs> and if I if El Nino is actually going to be bad in 2024 do you want to be part of Noah? <laughs> You should sign up. I should sign up. Also, okay, this is very important, and maybe we'll talk about this just a little bit later, but I will say, don't come at me. The Navy uniforms, I feel, are the prettiest uniforms. They're the much. Not that pretty. it's about that, but those whites? Mm-hmm. Ah! J'adore Dior! <laughs> <laughs> I simply love. It is not about the, it is not about the clothes, but yeah. crushed it. Well, it's just the most simple. It's sleek. It's, it's sleek. classic. It's modern. The Marines Clean are b- black and red, which like I get, but it feels very heavy. Yeah, very. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. then the khakis, like whenever it's Fleet Week and it's like you see like the Navy and then like the Army Navy forms mm-hmm. on the people who are on the subways. Yeah. Just like, no, I don't love the khaki, the khaki with the blue. No. I'm sorry. It Looks never did it for me. Informal, like 60s kind of. Sure. And I, just, I yeah. like the white. The white, lean, timeless, mm-hmm. timeless. Mm-hmm. Great. Glad anyway, settled that. Yeah, I just wanted to really bring something to the table here. Right. Okay, so under the health, the the Public Health Services Commission, you have the Surgeon General, which makes sense because yeah. I never really understood where that where that goes. job was housed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It so, should be under public health, right? <laughs> so the, under the PHS, you have the Surgeon General, the a Vice Admiral who sure. directs the the Corps, the Public Health Services Corps. They provide licensed medical and health service professionals to various organizations and other uniformed services and government agencies. So basically, like if you need a government medical services professional in a uniform to service somebody, something happening, whatever in the armed forces. Or in the uniform forces, you would go to the Public Health Service Commission. Got it. To get said people and services. Mm-hmm. 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 
And then Noah, like we've said, is made up of technically skilled science officers who can be incorporated into the armed forces in wartime. Mm. And I think that's why they do it, because they're like, we will need these resources. Like, you can't fight a war if you have sick and unhealthy people. So we need, like, medical. But we also can't fight a war if we don't know what's happening. Like, we need to monitor our air and seas. And we need that that agency to be responsible to us. Yeah during wartime so that we know what's happening. So mm-hmm. I think that's why, I think it's like a insurance policy, like for a sure. resource insurance for policy. For sure. They're on retainer. Yeah. Yeah. To have their knowledge. Yeah, for sure. So Noah, skilled science officers who can be incorporated into the armed forces in wartime. In peacetime, the Corps supports defense requirements in addition to non-military scientific projects in the air, sea, and in laboratories. Love. Yeah. Okay. Let's so talk about the National Guard. There's a little bit about the National Guard. We're going to do like a whole episode on the National Guard because like it's very so confused and it's it's hard to keep straight. But so this is the bare bones, yep. you guys. This is bare bones. This is what's actually in the regulation about the National Guard. Love. I love yep. it. So we have the National Guard which is a combination of the Air National Guard and the Army National Guard. I simply love. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So let's talk about what the Army National Guard is. So the Army National Guard is an organized militia that exists in the states slash territories of Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia, active and inactive. The Army National Guard is a land force. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. The Army National Guard is trained and has officers appointed under the 16th Clause of Section Eight Article One of the Constitution. Heard of it? Read it? it. The Army National Guard is organized. I sorry. I know. I know that's not what it means. I know that's not what it means. I know it's not like what I'm thinking. Like we're super organized. You know, (laughs) we've got our caboodles. But I love that. Uh, It's organized, armed, and equipped wholly or partly at federal expense. I would hope so. Right. As opposed to what? The states? I think yeah, because they're like state armies or state national guards. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But there should be federal. <laughs> I'm not mad. No, no, no. And the Army National Guard is federally recognized. I should hope so. I know. Could you imagine? We don't want you, Wisconsin. Go we don't. Home. I don't see you. I don't I see don't you. Recognize I you. don't recognize you. You've rec- changed. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> so that's the Army National Guard. The Air National Guard, again, is also part of the organized militia in the states, territories of Puerto Rico, and District of Columbia. The Air National Guard is an air force <laughs> i love it mm. this is this is simple the air national guard is trained and has and also has officers appointed under the 16th clause section 8 article 1 of the constitution j'adore the air national guard is organized love armed and equipped wholly or partly at federal expense and is also federally recognized so the main difference is one is land and one is air yeah they're the same we the love. Same. They operate exactly the same. But this is like the bare bones language of the creation of an Air National Guard and an Army National Guard yeah. in the law. Yeah. It's there. It's there. It's on the parchment. It's like, it has to be federally recognized. It has, it has to, to be. be an Air Force slash Land Force. It simply has to be. Has to be. Uh, this will come as such a surprise to everybody. The Army National Guard is one component of the Army. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, The Army consists of an active army, the Army National Guard, and the Army Reserve. Uh, The Army National Guard is composed primarily of traditional guardsmen or women. 
Mm-hmm. Civilians who serve their country, state, and community on a part-time basis. I love that that yeah. it's that it can be part-time. It can be a part-time job. Yeah. You know, on the weekends and two weeks during the summer. <laughs> Each state and most territories and the District of Columbia have their own National Guard, as it is provided for by the Constitution of the United States. Yes. Crazy. Next, we're going to talk about, ooh, oh, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. The academies. These are the, the federal service academies. Navy school. So these are, the <laughs> <laughs> there are a handful of schools that are, that act basically as colleges for they're, people. Yeah, they're, that's what they, that's what they colleges, are. Yeah. As what I understand is you go, you can go quote unquote tuition free, but then you have to serve five years, I think yeah. is what it is afterwards. And that's how you're like paying yeah. For your education. Yeah. But you do get a college education and then you're automatically in a higher rank when you get like out of college and into the forces. Yeah. So these are the academies, the U.S. Military Academy and West Point, New York. For the longest time, I thought West Point was in like California. It really, oh, really? shook me to find out that it was in New York. Did you see when we passed when we went upstate that no. we passed the turnoff for West Point? What? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you say anything? We should go. <laughs> The U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, which I have been to. It's a really, really? beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a really so cool. beautiful campus down there. The U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I didn't know it was in Colorado. It's the only one that's not real East Coast. Right, right, right. The U.S. Coast Guard Academy in New London, Connecticut. That checks out. And the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy in Kings Point, New York. So those are our academies. And they're yeah. usually very difficult to get they into. They really hard to get into. It's, a, um, it's always a surprising to I guess not surprising, but it's very competitive. Yeah. Which we love. Good. So I briefly mentioned the uh, Merchant Marine Academy in Kings Point, New York, and we haven't talked yet about what a Merchant Marine, Marine is, because no. guess what? It's different than the other Marines. <laughs> <laughs> the Merchant Marines are made up of civilian Mariners. I don't like that word. Mariners. Mm-hmm. Mariners. Sounds like I'm saying something wrong. Is it Mariners? Ah, oh, shit. Mer- I like Mariners. Man, I gotta... That's I gotta like go when, home. Like, do you, do you know that story about when Alicia Silverstone is doing that speech in Clueless where she says the ha- the Hadians need to come to oh, America? Oh, and that was just like totally and it's her. just totally her. And then you see Wally Shawn be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, that was not, a- not acting. Totally real. Yeah. This was not acting. This was total <laughs> Mariners. I have got to get it together. But it's not fair because it's called the Merchant Marines. So it's naturally for me to see this word and think Mariners. But yeah. no, then you want to change the pronunciation and say Mariners. Mariners. Yep. Okay. So the Merchant Marine is made up of civilian Mariners and merchant vessels engaged in commerce or transportation of goods and services in and out of the... N- navigable yeah wow navigable waters of the united states so basically the merchant marines if you own a commercial boat used for like anything that has to do with things in the water sure which it's a boat, have, not I, land yes right? of course we're at the sea we're at the sea we're in the water it's federal law that you have to employ merchant marines certified on, on your, your boat, boat in theory, to, like, look for pirates and things that are sketchy. Look, the pirates are plaguing this nation. They have Read since the Articles of Confederation. They've been so our scared. biggest hurdle 
from the beginning. So if you go to the Merchant Mar uh, Marine Academy, graduates are required to spend eight years as a commissioned officer in the reserve or National Guard component of any branch of the armed forces. So if you go to the Merchant Marine Academy, you then become a Merchant Marine Commission mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And then you serve on these boats through like the National Guard mm -hmm. or some other armed forces mm -hmm. for eight years. Oof. That's a long time. It's, a lot. it's usually five for the other ones, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think that's true. But eight's a, eight is a lot. But yeah, that's like the the thing of it's grad school. Go to school. Yeah, it's grad yeah. school. <laughs> it's, it's a very specific type school. of grad school. <laughs> Come out with your PhD in Mariner School. In Mariner School. We love. Okay, so we're going to talk about the ranks in these various armed forces. So just bear with us because we're going to talk them we're going to talk about them all at the same time but they each have like there's like a level of officer and they call them different things literally Which, all of them they're all different isn't they're that amazing different. it's amazing isn't that amazing should you expect anything less no so if you're being recruited if you've gone to a recruiter you're working with a recruiter at any of the five armed forces they give you like a special advanced training phase that gives the recruits an area of expertise in the Army and Marine Corps, this is called military occupational specialty. Oh, great. In the Navy, it is known as a rate. Okay, great. Not a good name. Not, not a, a good, good title. Name. Let's rename that. And in the Air Force, it's simply called Air Force Specialty. Okay, Love simple. the Air Force. This simple. is where I would have lived. Love. So then when you go in, you've, got, you're do you've done your basic training. You're stepping onto the base for the first time or your ship or whatever. In the Army, they would call you a private. Mm -hmm. In the Marine Corps... Also, they would call you private. Love. Then in the Navy, you are a seaman recruit. Great. In the Air Force, you're an airman basic. <laughs> sure am. Basic. <laughs> Give and me then... a pumpkin spice latte because I am an airman basic. <laughs> and then for the Coast Guard, you are a seaman recruit. Great. So private, private, seaman recruit, airman basic, seaman recruit. Yeah. And then as you move up through the next like three ranks, so that's like level one as you get to like levels two, three, and four. Um, which the all of the armed services break them down by pay grade. So how you your rank moves with your pay grade. Sure. That's how they delineate them. Well, I would hope so. Like if right. you're moving up, you should get a raise, right. get a like different if patch. Gonna, if you're going to be marketing manager and you're director of marketing, like you've been promoted. You've been you promoted. If you change right. titles, you should get a monetary promotion. You get a pay bump. This is how this works. Right. Absolutely. So in the next three levels, you you might get, depending on which armed branch you're in you might get a private first class a corporal or a specialist if you're in the army the marine corps you might be a lance corporal or a corporal for the navy you could be a petty officer third class <laughs> sure will <laughs> in the air force you could move up to airman first class or a senior airman and then in the coast guard because it's it's housed in the navy you also yeah. like you get the petty officer third class so the navy and the coast guard tend to match up with their and also their logos are are very similar. Very the colors similar. are different. One is black and one is blue. Because that's how we do things. Yep. And then let's see what we've got next here. Okay. Leadership responsibility significantly increase in the mid-level enlisted ranks. This responsibility is given formal recognition by use of terms non-commissioned officer and petty officer. An Army sergeant, an Air Force staff sergeant, and a Marine corporal are considered non-commissioned officer ranks the navy non-commissioned officer equivalent petty officer is achieved at the rank of petty officer third class okay so non-commissioned officer 
is a step up and yeah. in the navy that's called a petty officer right and it's then also like, where the do we Coast get Guard, petty from petty like I, i'm not gonna i don't want to get hung up on the name but like it's a little it's not great it's like when they say whatever in the articles of right Confederate, whatever it's like whatever. petty it doesn't sound cool no it, and it but it is like what they do is cool yeah but you're petty you're petty <laughs> honey you're petty and then to make insult to injury especially in the navy there's there's like 17 ranks of petty there's like petty (laughs) officer third class petty officer first class chief petty officer it's like come on get out of it takes you so long to get out of petty you're always a petty i worry it's so funny (laughs) the marine corps have this thing called master gunnery which master gunnery sergeant which I love that. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds great. fun. The Navy. Yeah. Master you gunnery. You can be a gunnery sergeant. That sounds cool. The the point about the master gunnery sergeants is to to do this example of you have in the Marine Corps master gunnery sergeants and sergeant majors that receive the same pay, but they have different responsibilities. So it's like you can have different titles but be on the same level. But one's over here doing the guns and one's over here doing something else. I love that master gunnery. So then as you get higher up in the ranks, it all becomes more about like what your kind of what your specialty is, but it really just becomes about how long you've been there. Oh, for sure. So once you get into like level eight and nine, those folks tend to have 15 to 30 years like on the job doing their thing. So then you move into like those are the officers. Then you move into warrant officers and they hold warrants from their service secretaries. So if it's like Department of the Navy, Department of the Army, whatever they're branch is and the warrant officers are specialists and experts in certain military technologies or capabilities yeah so the lowest ranking warrant officer serves under a warrant that held yep okay um and they receive commissions from the president upon promotion to chief warrant officer two Mm. so that's like the next that's like I feel like the creme de la creme. Like if you're getting your direct directions. Sure. From the POTUS. From Poe. You're probably pretty important. Yeah. 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 No, these these humans are very intense. They're very intense. And very like this is like you work in the Pentagon. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Is these that are. Kind yes. Of thing. These are. This yes. is your in briefs. There are. You know what I mean? There's buttons that are red. Like that sort of fun thing. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, my God, there's the button. <laughs> you've got lots of like accoutrement on your. So much. So ensemble. much accessories. Yeah. So many accessories. Fun fact about the Navy. How you know somebody is a higher ranking member is their the hat. If it has the gold on the rim. The younger, like, um, like semens mm-hmm. call them scrambled eggs. So if somebody's walking who has scrambled eggs on their hat, that means that they're like a high-ranking officer and they know to like be super respectful. Really? Yeah. So you always look out for scrambled eggs. Yeah. That's such a stupid look, thing to call it if you're supposed to respect. I them. bring research in from my <laughs> ex-boyfriend who again did break my heart, but it gives me it gives me all this inside Navy knowledge. That's so cool. Yeah. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. I yeah. love little stuff like that. So the naval officers wear distinct distinctly different rank devices depending on the, the depending upon the uniform they're wearing. So maybe it's scrambled eggs on their hats. One of them is scrambled eggs One on their hats. hats. The three basic uniforms and rank devices are khakis, which love. Okay. Color insignia pins, whites, stripes on shoulder boards, and blue stripes sewn on the lower coat sleeves. Yeah. So depending on, like, which level they are, they wear different things. I think that's super cute. Yeah. 
So just to give you an idea of like the officer ranks, we're not going to do all of them because there are literally so, so many. many. We're the warrant in, officer. Yeah. There's so many. And it comes, it's like goes in levels. So like warrant officer one, chief warrant officer two. And it's great. Love them. But for our purposes, we're just going to kind of go through them in the general terms you might hear. So there's warrant officers or chief warrant officers kind of across the board in all five armed forces, except in the Air Force, which doesn't have any of these, actually. So just in the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, and Coast Guard, they have chief warrant officers. And then after that, then you become maybe a second lieutenant. Yeah. You go into the lieutenant lieutenant track, and then you go, there's captains. Then after that, you become a major or a commander, lieutenant commander, depending on if you're on land or sea. Mm-hmm. And then the Air Force decides to pick up the officer levels again, and they add back in their lieutenants and first lieutenants and captains. Then we get into colonels and captains, brigadier generals, rear admiral admirals go in there, major generals, lieutenant generals, vice admirals. All like you gotta go down the line. The top non-war time thing for all of these like ranks for all of these departments yeah. are for the army it's general four-star yeah. general yeah for the marine corps it's a four-star general for the navy it's a four-star four-star admiral for the air force it's a four-star general and then for the coast guard it's a four-star admiral so that is the highest you can possibly go it can it'll change the title will change in wartime but it's still all four stars yeah no, it's five stars. Sorry. It's five, five stars, stars in wartime. Five stars in wartime. Um, so many stars. It's so many <laughs> I'm stars. seeing stars. So a four-star general commands a field army. The five-star rank of general has only been issued in times of war, and the last to hold it was General Omar Bradley, who died in 1981. Wow. The other five-star generals in the history of the U.S. Army were Generals Marshall, MacArthur, Eisenhower, and Eisenhower and Arnold. So those, those are the ranks. We went through them fairly quickly, but honestly... There's so many, and they're so diff- – they, they change. The Air Force gets lazy and doesn't do it for a while, <laughs> and then they pick the lieutenant thing back up. The Army – the Navy and the Coast Guard track one another. Just – we just wanted to give you an overview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do some terms. Do you love? We're going to do we some love. terms. Fun terms, fun terms, fun terms, fun terms, fun terms. So first is petty officer, which is me. Uh, no, for petty officer is a subordinate officer, me, in the Navy or Coast Guard, appointed from among the enlisted men and or women and or non-binary, non-gender conforming folks. Non-commissioned officer is a subordinate officer, such as a sergeant, in the Army, Air Force, or Marine Corps, appointed from among, alis- from among al- enlisted personnel. Enlisted is such a hard word to say. Officer means commissioned or warrant officer. They manage enlisted personnel. Enlisted member, I'm going to have to say it so many times, Mm -hmm. means a person enlisted in (laughs) or inducted, called, or conscripted into an armed force in an enlisted grade. They perform specific job functions and have the knowledge that ensures the success of their unit's current mission within the branch that they serve. Love. Yeah. Grade means a step or degree in a graduated scale of office or military rank that is established and designated as a grade by law or regulation. So this is a military grade operation. Yeah. Heard of it? I I watch movies. (laughs) Rank 
means the order of precedence among members in the armed forces. They love ranks. They love ranks. Active duty means full-time duty in the active military service of the United States. It includes such federal duty as full-time training duty and annual training duty and attendance while in the active military service designated by school or by secretary. It does not include full-time National Guard duty. Love. I love an exception to every rule. Yeah. Warranted personnel are highly specialized expert and trainers in their career fields. They make up the technical foundation of the uniformed branches. Throughout their careers, they specialize in technical areas like intelligence, aviation, or military police. For example, in the Army, they are less than 3% of the force, and their responsibilities include training soldiers, organizing, and advising on missions, and advancing within their career specialties. Yeah. Love a warranted personnel. Yeah. So they're just special stuff. They do super special things. They do specialized things. Special things. things. Okay. So here are some terms that I find helpful because, I don't know, I feel like if you've ever watched a war movie, especially war movies that were made like right after World War II, like if Bing Crosby is in the movie you're watching, you, you they, probably heard some you of these know terms. these terms for sure. Just don't know what they mean, really. I didn't. So it's mainly about like the what you call the groups of people in a battle. Love. So you have the squad. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Sure do. It just goes to show you that terms just come back. They really do loop around. They really do loop around. Get new meanings. (laughs) Squad. Squad. So a squad is a soldier's most intimate group. I do love that like we've now adopted this word colloquially. I think that's so. Squad. Squad. And we use it in the correct way. Yeah. It's the soldier's most intimate group consisting of six to ten soldiers. A squad is commanded by a staff sergeant or a sergeant. Love. Then we have platoon, which is the next biggest thing. And a movie. And a movie. Charlie Sheen. That's right. A second lieutenant commands a platoon. And a platoon is comprised of three to four squads. So there's 18 to 50 soldiers. That uh, That is a platoon. That is a platoon. A great. Okay. Platoon. Then after that, going up in scale, you could have, these, the, there's three terms for this. You can have a company, a battery, or troop. Great. A company is in the U.S. Army, uh, normally made up of three platoons, so 60 to 200 soldiers, but it can have more. An artillery unit is called a battery, which means guns. So if they so have many guns, guns, they're an artillery. They're an artillery unit, and they ha- they're called a battery. If it's an armored air cavalry, 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 that's cavalry hard. Is hard. An armored air cavalry. I'm not even saying it right because I'm adding the L Calvary. Calvary? Calvary. That's so weird. Okay, great. It's called a troop. Leading a company, battery, or troop is either a captain, a first lieutenant, or a major. So major. So then moving up in scale, battalion. A battalion in the U.S. Army is normally made up of three companies, so 300 to 1,000 soldiers, but it can have up to five companies. An armored or air cavalry unit of similar size is called a squadron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you could have a battalion or a squadron, depending mm-hmm. on like if you're on if you are armed, mm-hmm. you're armored, and if you are in the air. After that, you have a brigade or regiment. Brigades are made up of two thousand to five thousand soldiers, normally split among three to five battalions. The armed cavalry and ranger forces are called regiments or groups, 
not brigades. Well, of course Don't not. insult them. Don't you dare say brigades. Nope. That's not what they are. Nope. They're called regiments. Commanders of brigades or regiments are one-star brigadier generals or colonels. Brigadier. I'm so glad I didn't have to read that. I definitely would not have come up with brigadier. Brigadier. Yeah. Oh, God. I know. Okay. Going up. Division. It's the number of modular units in an army division is flexible, and the total number of soldiers is ten to 15,000. A two-star major general commands a division. Love. Yeah. And finally... We are going to end with three last terms. Corps. The Corps is treated as an operational unit of employment by the U.S. Army and can be comprised of 20,000 to 45,000 soldiers. Corps are commanded by the rank of Lieutenant General, a three-star general. Ooh, big. That's big. Then above that, we have a field army. A field army is the U.S. Army's largest unit structure, 50,000 plus soldiers. The last use of a field army was in 1991 during Operation Desert Storm, which took place in Iraq, Kuwait, and outlying areas of Saudi Arabia. And then finally, U.S. Army. The U.S. Army is made up of its active regular army and two reserve components, the Army National Guard and the Army Reserve. Since the end of the Vietnam War, the U.S. Army has been all volunteer, meaning no one is drafted. And as always, everyone receives a salary, although... Sometimes. Sometimes. I know. I feel like they don't get their It was salaries. always this sort of assumed thing, and then the thing with the <laughs> Coast Guard happened, and I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Hold on, everybody stop what they're doing. Whew, and that is a that is a uniformed forces 101. That's uniformed forces. Woo, guys, thanks for going with us through that. That's man, there's so much going on there. There's so many terms. Yeah, there's so many terms and all of this is like the how the government plays into this is also super interesting yeah. and you know how how the these armed forces uniform forces are directed by the government and who has the ability to do what and tell people who what when and all that stuff is super interesting as yeah. well but that is that is today mm-hmm. you guys we love you so much we love you so 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 much and if you liked what you heard you can find us on twitter and instagram at let's get civical you can also rate us you can review us you can hashtag subscribe to us we love you so so much and we will see you next wednesday bye